Hello and welcome once again to the podcast Inner City Spirit. With me, your host, the Reverend Hannah Elizabeth Atkins Romero. Today, we'll continue uh, on our journey looking and praying and talking about the stations of the light, the stations of the resurrection. And our guest will be the Reverend Scott Painter. Scott and his family, Tammy and Rowan, became Episcopalians at Trinity, where um, this podcast is hosted and where I serve as rector. And so Trinity is his sending parish. Uh, We are very delighted, I am very delighted, to have the time to talk with Scott about the 13th station, which is Mary and the disciples keep vigil in the upper room for the Spirit's advent. Scott is also a musician and has provided his original composition of Fos Hilleron for this podcast. The 13th station. When they entered the city, they went to the upper room where they were staying. All the apostles devoted themselves with one accord to prayer, together with some women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brother. That's from Acts 1, verses 13a and 14. So, Scott, it's wonderful to have you here today. Uh, He's making a visit back to his sending parish, Trinity Episcopal Church in Midtown. And um, it's great to see you, even in pandemic time. And thank you for agreeing to this reflection on the 13th Station of the Light. Um, The first question is, how have you been experiencing this pandemic? Well, uh, hi, everybody. <laughs> um, you know, I have personally experienced the pandemic in a way. Um, I think what has been accentuated for me as a negative during this time has been the, the physical disconnection with other people, right? Um, because uh, that is so uh, important to me personally, just to be close and to be able to look at each other in the face and to give each other a hug and, um, you know, and just share the warmth of fellowship. And, um, you know, also we're such an embodied church um, and the way that we um, know and live out our faith in the Episcopal tradition is is so embodied, and yeah. the the idea that that we uh, not the idea the truth that we cannot you know gather and be church together and do the church things together and um, you know and experience uh, the living God in the presence of one another in the same place. Uh, you know, I miss that. Yeah. Um, to say I miss that isn't even, you know, it doesn't even scratch the surface. I bet you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I 
Um, you know, as uh, as a church, so I'm at Grace Episcopal Church in Southwest Houston, and and um, we have a lot of members in our congregation who are older, and so thankfully um, they're largely being diligent about their health, and and um, nobody's uh, not very many people are itching to to get together when we shouldn't and when it's not safe because everyone's taking care of themselves and and we're encouraging that um but we're experiencing these same things as a local community um you know we want to support one another we want to um serve one another be present with one another so on the other side um I would say something that's been really positive for our community during this time has been that it seems like we're growing and yeah. And we have, we have both folks who have not been able to gather for a while because they're either not well physically or they're taking care of someone who's Mm -hmm. not well. Um, Or we have others who just are feeling this disconnection and never found a community and, and they're finding this online. And so a lot of our, get all of our gatherings are on zoom or some other platform uh-huh. and everybody's showing up and, <laughs> and it's like, you know, they're, they're, they're connecting. I, here I am talking about being disconnected. And on the other hand, I, I can name a dozen people who are more connected with their church community than they've been in a year or two years. And so, you know, it's a mixed bag. That's great news. Yeah. Though. That's great news that people have found that that connection, even, you know, online as a great anchor. Um, I'm not sure I could say we're growing at Trinity, but I do know that people um, organize or schedule their lives around Sundays. It's they've they've expressed how important it is, and um, and I, I, you know, it's lonely out there, you know. So it is. Yeah. It's it's good that we pivoted and are offering our perfectly imperfect church and communities to the world. I think church is needed sure. now more than ever. Yeah. I mean, I really do. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, thinking about light and we're, mm-hmm. we're in this, you know, you're in the series of, of these stations mm-hmm. of light, these stations of resurrection. And, and I think about light and, um, and how that light of Christ is shining through the church in in new ways and, mm-hmm. and stirring imagination and, and, acting as a beacon to folks and kind of luring them or drawing them into community and connection. Um, so, well, that leads us perfectly into the next question, which is where have you seen, uh, signs of resurrection or signs of the light of Christ? You mentioned the growth. Um, what other ways have you seen, um, uh, you know, signs of transformation uh, from the cross to new life. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a there's an element of compassion. Uh, there's a, there's a really strong um, gift of compassion that is being experienced in the church right now. Um, you know, I, I was thinking the other day that 
you know, especially in, in the current climate in the world where, where there's just, it's like we're almost looking for new reasons to be divided from one another. It's mm-hmm. like there, there's a new, there's a new reason, there's a new wedge, there's a new, um, you know, adjutant every day. And it's, it's just the, it feels like the movement is away from other people. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, you know, this pan- pandemic has, um, has created a shared experience. Now, of course, we're experiencing wedge wedges now that are, uh, you know, voices and powers that are kind of taking this issue that we're all sharing and trying to turn it into, you know, something that's different depending on how you're looking at it and where mm-hmm. you're sitting. But up, up to this point, you, you could say, you know, we have something that we're all dealing with universally. Right. And that I have seen in that and as a result of kind of living, living in that a sign of resurrection, because I'm seeing people growing in compassion for one another and, and patience with one another and, um, and, and looking for new ways to serve one another, um, understanding that, that we're all kind of in this really tough time together right mm-hmm. um and i mean that for me that's what resurrection is is all signs point to the end death destruction um and out of that comes some shoot of life that um you know that inspires hope first and then has the potential of like actually becoming something new that's different and and better maybe even than we ever imagined before so you know so i think that's one one area i just see groups of people learning to to find new ways you can't be in the same room all the time but find new ways to reach out and connect and serve and lift up yeah there's i mean there's even um small things i that i've seen people trying to do uh, acts of kindness um uh in terms of like leaving little gifts for the postman or woman and or um um yeah like you said showing up for people in different ways Mm -hmm. and that does counteract like you know the the fighting around or the politicization of like mask wearing which seems so bizarre um, just seems so bizarre. Um, how how has Grace? How have you done? Can do, is there a story or an instance that you can? Yeah. So um, don't be shy. Sure. Right? Yeah. Don't be shy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there's some new things because we're we're having to look for ways to um, to serve and reach out that don't rely on people getting together who shouldn't be getting together right now. So that's been a challenge, right? Uh, You know, so we have, you know, we're hosting, I think you guys are having, having one coming up or just did a blood drive. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, we've never, we've never, at least in recent history hosted, you know, the blood drives for the Gulf coast regional blood center. And we just had our second one and we've got one scheduled in November. And do you know who inspired us to do that? Who's that? Grace. Really? Oh, oh, see, there's the, there's the example we're looking for. There's the resurrection. I love it. 
Well, it's been wonderful. And we have a, a preschool uh, daycare in our, um, in our community, our church community, and uh, lots of the parents are coming and participating in that. And so it's really opened up um, a great way to serve and, and folks are, are showing up for it. Um, you know, uh, we, we have a, a, a regional uh, food pantry that Grace uh, was one of the founding members of Bray's Interfaith Ministries um, a couple of decades ago. And we've always had church members serving there as volunteers, sorting, organizing, you know, passing out, distributing um, food and other services. And, and they're not, most of the folks who were volunteering shouldn't be doing that right uh-huh. now. And they know that and they're holding back. And so we've had to look for new ways to kind of collect donations and support um, Braze Interfaith Ministries. And so we've been doing drive-ins um, where they folks just put the their donations in the back of their car and the trunk. And we have some you know, people who are um, able and, and willing and they're there and they just, we, everybody gets a wave or a blessing and we <laughs> take the, the, the goods and collect them. And so we, you know, we're just That's trying wonderful. to be creative yeah. to be able to continue to support the local, you know, community yeah. neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that your church is very multicultural. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what's the statistic or the fact that, that used to say about how many countries? Yeah. So uh, I think right now we're, we have 14 countries represented from five continents. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and, you know, about that many languages mm-hmm. um, spoken, maybe, maybe 10 different mm-hmm. native languages spoken and, and with lots of multilingual people in the congregation. That's wonderful. Yeah. So the conversations around um, Black Lives Matter and systemic racism mm-hmm. must be uh, lively. They are lively. Mm-hmm. They are lively. And it's um, personal. Personal. Yeah. And also uh, one dare not assume they know where another person is coming from right. on these topics right. because not only are we multi um we're not only are we multicultural we're multi-generational as a lot of churches are and what we're learning is that the conversation folks may share a race they may share a heritage but the experience of having come up in this country in the 40s and 50s um, is very different for a black woman than the experience of having come up in this country in the 80s and 90s, or at least it is different, maybe not very, Mm -hmm. but um, distinguishable. And it's very um, instructive to listen to the conversations that happen across the generations. Um, Sometimes we get folks who did all their fighting and they're just tired and they don't wanna be on the front line. Mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. Um, and they're tired they're just like we have to do this all over again we have to do this all over again mm-hmm. and so we really depend on the younger generation or generations in our midst to kind of call us mm-hmm. on in action and being forward right so we had um, lots of folks at the big Black Lives Matter protest um, downtown a couple of months ago mm-hmm. Um, really great representation and re- really good testimonies coming out of it. it was um, it was peaceful, it was strong, it was bold. 
Um, it was a little risky. It was, you know, I mean, yeah. we're in the middle of a pandemic and folks are deciding if something is important enough to show up with the, you know, tens of thousands of other people to speak out and bear witness. And, and we had a lot of folks who, who made that calculation that it absolutely is worth it. Yeah, I did too. So how, um, how, how did people get COVID? How has your con- congregation fared with COVID? So we, we do not know of anyone in our congregation who has been infected with COVID. Praise We've had God. a couple of church, a couple of school families that have, but um, uh, they've all recovered. And the cautious approach works. Yes, yeah. yes, it does. Yeah. It does. So the next question that I normally ask is about the, I don't know if relevance is the right word, but the, the resonance maybe for the 13th station, which is, of the light, which is um, uh, after the ascension and before Pentecost, when um, it says Mary and the disciples are waiting um, again in the upper room. It's a it's a um, piece of scripture from Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. And so, what how do you think that uh, applies or is relevant or resonates in our world today? Yeah, I think there's an interesting, there's an interesting parallel if you just try to inhabit that image of people longing to see um, the promise fulfilled of the Spirit's coming Mm -hmm. and being willing to wait for it. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) You know, we... We're waiting for something. <laughs> We're waiting for something. Uh, you know, there's a... Um, we have the announcement in Jesus that, that God's reign has come mm-hmm. in the world. And, of course, we live in this time mm-hmm. where we've yet to see that good, peaceable kingdom um, come to bear in, in, its, in, fullness. Our, in its fullness. Yeah. And we're waiting and acting, aren't we? <laughs> and our acting is our waiting, but also our, our huddling around computer screens and our, um, you know, singing songs in our living room with the video when we're stuck with having to hear ourselves sing because there's, there's no angelic voice nearby to drown me out. And, uh, you know, I mean, we are... We are actively waiting, whether it's gathering virtually to worship, mm-hmm. going yeah. out and bearing witness yeah. to a better way and a, a hope and a future for, um, like that. That you is, know, that is a, a good image to, to have. And I mean, like, you know, some people think they're waiting for really specific things like a vaccine or, you know, and I, even myself, I was, when, when I saw that Dr. Fauci said to the House of Bishops, you know, the pandemic will end, I was like, I, I just needed to hear those words from somebody mm-hmm. um, because it's, it's hard to, to know, but, but what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Things will still be 
totally different mm. and and new and we're making we're making that new world now um so it is an active waiting and we're walking in trust mm-hmm. that that god is here and in the midst of this mess <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and you know i i have to think about how i would want to say this but you know the the hope that we might um, receive and and embrace and try to hold to in the Christian faith is actually a hope that's bigger than the absence of something, mm-hmm. right? Like, like I definitely hope for a vaccine for this virus yeah. so that it might be absent from our experience mm-hmm. in the world, right? Um, I definitely hope for um, an absence of the kind of injustice that holds certain folks in a place of desperation, of inequality, of disenfranchisement. I hope for the absence of that, but the Christian hope is that it's, it's more than that. It's more than just, you know, bringing everything up to a, you know, yeah. to a minimum, <laughs> bearable standard right yes absolutely <laughs> um, absolutely so yeah i think that's i think that's part of it too i mean that's part of that upper room waiting uh-huh. is um is what can the spirit inspire and and, and quicken uh-huh. in us and in the world to, to actually bring about god's dream for what is and what Amen. can be that's beautiful so just um, any last thoughts or observations or things you'd like to say about this time of pandemics? Well, um, you know, this is a theme, I guess, for uh, some of the things that I've said uh, today. But, um, you know, I would just point to the the fact that the pandemic has um, created space for you to have this podcast <laughs> and, you know, and given, uh, you know, afforded the opportunity for me to, to just spend time with you today, Hannah, and fellowship. And, uh, you know, I've, I have friends here at Trinity, and I hope some of them are listening. Uh, hi, everybody. <laughs> it's, you know, it's given us another, another cause to, you know, to encourage one another. And, I think that's, you know, that's back to that idea of resurrection and new life comes out of some of the darkest and ugliest places that we know and the most difficult um, places that we know. And so I just encourage you and myself and all of us to um, allow the spirit to come and open our eyes to see the potential for resurrection. Amen. Amen, Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to come and speak with me. Come home to Trinity. Mm-hmm. And, and it's beautiful. Y'all have to see this this beautiful white limestone out here. It's, we just cleaned it. Oh, it's gorgeous. So, it's, so we, miss, we still miss you, oh, but we, we know you're you. doing good work just right across the, the way. And... Um, uh, give my best to Tammy and Rowan. Okay, right, I will. Thank y'all. Thank you.
I want to thank you once again for joining us on Inner City Spirit. Many thanks to the Reverend Scott Painter, priest, friend, and wonderful musician. Thank you for offering um, your composition for this podcast and your voice. I want to thank Colin Boothby for the production and for always being able to uh, change my uh, station of the cross to station of the light or station of the resurrection. <laughs> if you're interested in um, other podcasts or offerings that Trinity has, please go to our website at trinitymidtown.org. God bless. Bye-bye. Gracious light, pure brightness of our Father in heaven. O Jesus Christ, holy.